there are men who say, I don't know, what was Captain Kirk's middle name? There are men who say, who cares if Han shot first? And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Bost. Two men who should have better things to do but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. With special guest grown-ass man, Brian Galyubov. Grown-ass man. We're getting near uh, podcast number 30, aren't this we? This is 31. This is 31? One more test on your mic. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, nice. Okay, a, a little different for uh, this episode of Grown-Ass Men. We're, we're going full-on movie expert. Yes. <laughs> we are talking to Mr. Movie, the person who knows movies better than anybody I know, Mr. Brian Galyubov. Screenwriter, television writer, playwright. Uh, and uh, Windsor Terrace resident. Windsor Terrace resident. Park Slope, dedicated, oh, yeah, okay. dedicated father of three girls. I've known Brian since we met at uh, NYU, and so a long time. 18, oh, really? 18, 18. We met when we were eighteen. Yes, and oh, so okay. it's been a long time, and we've uh, you know read each other's stuff for years, and he's written so many great scripts, mm. some of which have been produced into great movies and, and TV, not many. and a lot of which have not. A <laughs> Most lot of, of which. really good stuff. <laughs> I mean... Never got made. Yeah. Continually. That's the, that's the funny thing about the movie business. You can make a living writing scripts that never get made. And it's extremely uh, frustrating, and it will, it's what led me to television, because I just wanted to see things right. actually happen. Is it easier yeah. to get stuff made in TV because you had some movies made? I don't think I don't think so. No, no. It, but when you staff on a TV show, they have to make something because it's got to be on. It's got to air. So <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, right, they, right. They need a product to put on TV. Right. So what you find with TV is it's not as ageist, it's not as sexist, it's not as all these things because you actually have to do it. In movies, it's like a list because nothing ever gets made. So it's right. like who's going out, who's hanging out, who's on the list because you're just gonna do notes back and forth. No one really has any intention of making anything. Right. But in TV, it's who can actually do it because people are actually going to see it. You're actually going to shoot it. Right. So right, I wanted right. to get into that business where I was, we were actually making things. What is uh, your most current TV project? Um, I was on Blue Bloods and The Affair. Oh, wow. Um, last couple. That um, fantastic. It'd be interesting to be on Blue Bloods this season. I'm, I'm not doing Blue Bloods this season, but the atmosphere now is going to be interesting to see if the show reacts to all this energy. Hmm. That's in the world. In the world. Yeah. I mean, we, we attempted to do some of it uh, the seasons I was on, but it's very tricky because it's the show has a pro police point of view, which it should. That's who it's about. You have right. to, you know, identify with your characters. But it's going to be interesting to see how they take that challenge on because it's it's intense. Yeah. How yeah, much how much real that. world is going to seep into I Friday night? Imagine. Yeah. You know, we're we're doing this. What's today's date? The fifteenth, July fifteenth. July fifteenth. Yeah. I mean, there is so much crazy stuff yep. happening in the world. In every corner of the world, in so many different areas, you know, it's like crazy. Well, that happened with the Blue Buds premiere. I wrote the Blue Buds season premiere last season, and it was a, a, a terrorist attack on New York that they thwarted. Right. And the way we did it in the show, and what Tom Selleck's viewpoint was really interesting. Because at the end, I had originally had it, and he makes a press conference, and he says, we stopped it, and we got intel that stopped it in this country. And he said, no, we're not going to do it like that. I said, how do you want to do it? And he's a very interesting man. He said, I'm going to deny that there ever was a threat. Hmm. I don't even want people to know because when they're scared, 
they lose their swagger. And in my city, as being the police commissioner, wow. I want my city to have swagger, and that's my gift to them, is to tell them, no, nothing really happened, don't Interesting, worry. Interesting uh, viewpoint. Oh yeah, he, I learned, strangely, I'm surprised I'm talking about him, but I learned a lot about writing from him, because mm. he, would, he would say, uh, bring your script and the pen for a minute. And he would just say, we don't need any of this. We don't need any of this. I'm gonna do this in a look. That's way too much exposition. They get it. And just shaping scenes with him. He's got so much TV. He's so right. much TV experience. He's played so many scenes right. that it's like math to him. Well, it's editing really, really is, interesting. Editing is everything. I I feel like 100%. as a musician and a composer, songwriter, like it's been just a road constantly about trimming the fat, you know, always. You know, like, all right, we don't need that. We don't need this little space here. We don't need any of this. Like, let's get to the point right away. I mean, if you're writing pop songs anyway. Yeah, but if you think about with TV, too, with um, with network shows, they're all these crescendos to the commercial break. Yeah. So that's what all the drama becomes about is... Right. There are these sometimes it's very contrived to have these dramatic arcs that crescendo and then make you come back and then crescendo. It's these weird... Yeah. You know, I had also worked on SVU, and those had to be the most... You know, okay, so the first commercial break will be, uh, they call them act-outs. First act-out will be rape. It'll be rape, um, attempted abortion, <laughs> suicide attempt, and then murder. And those would be the cards you put up on the board. It'll be rape. So how do I get to rape uh, in Act 3? That That's not a joke. So like, that, that would be really like, all right, we got to build a rape. Then we got to build to she makes an abortion attempt and someone stops her. Then she tries to kill herself in the next act. And then she says, no. She's going to murder the guy who raped her, and we're going to stop that murder. It's like, yep. wow. So before we even know the characters, we have these five in- we insane act-outs. Deeply disturbing. Wow. You know, but you talk about the form and cutting all the right. fat. Is yeah. that, you know, network television writing is like haikus. I mean, you you have limited mm. time. You have a job to do because they chart. They can now tell when people turn the channel. I love hearing the behind the scenes of it. You know, the intensity of oh, it. It's, oh, my God. Well, people really care. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing that, um, you know, Blue Buzz, it seems like this sort of older skewing show, which it is. But 16 million people watch it every week. People are watching the thing. Right. So right. people fight over it and they obsess over it. It's a it big show. Yeah. It's yeah. a big show. So. Right. Well, it seems like that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like it used to be there was more different levels that you could still make a living as an artist yeah where now it's either you're really working or you're not well we, we've been talking about that because yeah. i decided to try and do my own stuff so i didn't go back to to blue buds and mm-hmm. you know i'm banging around looking for a job it's you know you're writing for yourself you're doing this but you're either right. sort of making a killing or you're not or you're dying yeah so it's we gotta you know i gotta see what i'm gonna do but it's you definitely trade off because yeah. they own you for for a while. Right. They own yeah. the contents. Of, what is that from uh, Barton Fink? They own the contents of your head. Right now, the contents of your head are the property of Capital Pictures. <laughs> but it's it's a very strange business. The movie business more than any business, I think. I have a very little experience with the movie business, so you know, I've done TV stuff. Actually, you know, when I did the uh, View. The guy who was going to play Superman before the current Superman that we just saw. Not Henry Henry Cavill? No. Not Henry Cavill. The other guy. I know he, the guy who played... Brandon Superman. Ruth. Brandon Routh. Right. Brandon Routh. It was the day before Superman was coming out. So no one knew who he was, but he was going to be on the show because he's in Superman. 
and he was like a normal Joe, like sitting in the room, the green it's room, big boy. with me, yeah. like him. Yeah. And I was just like, what's happening? I didn't know who he was. He goes, oh, I'm the new Superman. I go, wow, that's, that's awesome, bizarre. dude. <laughs> Superman. Like, do you have powers now? Right. You know? And he's like, no, they're not real. You know? <laughs> and he goes, I am incredibly tall and handsome. And I, right. right. And I said, so. If that works for so you. So next week, you're going to be like a megastar. And he's like, yeah, most likely. I bet you can get him. <laughs> we think he'd be available. Grown ass man 32. Give him a ring. Get him. Oh, Brandon, man. Right. Now he's not going to want to do it if he is no, 31. We're coming, we're coming after you, Brandon Ralph. <laughs> Brian, before TV, though, wrote a lot of movies. A lot of Not a lot that got made, but a lot of movies. No, but you wrote a lot of screenplays. Yes, I did. Oh, wow. that's the crazy stuff. And, you know, every time I would go and talk to him, to Brian, and this still happens. I'd talk to Brian, and he'd be like, hey, tell you about the backstage uh, rock and roll movie I'm making? And I'm like, no. You know, and then he's got a whole new movie that he's writing. And did I tell you the movie about the cab driver that I'm writing? No, I didn't hear about that. Oh, you know, so he's got a lot of I don't sleep much. Ideas. And one <laughs> thing that you worked on, was a Shazam I did adaptation I did well Shazam was a, a rewrite of a William Goldman screenplay which was weird enough because he was an idol of mine I loved Adventures in the Screen Trade he's, all he's that all that amazing. stuff yeah but the way I, the way I got it was um, man I gotta go back to that time I I had sort of been in one of those one of those times in my life where I'd sort of worked myself out of the business you know where I had I used to be uh, very hot-headed. I don't, whatever happened, I was out. I wasn't mm-hmm. in. And um, I just had this, my second kid, and it was really dark. And I got a call from this guy, Keith Goldberg at New Line. And um, he had read a script of mine. He's like, I want you to come in. And that wasn't for Shazam. It was for a, a remake of this movie, The Harder They Come. I never forgot Keith because I needed the Part of they come as in Jimmy Cliff? Yep. And, and we it came out great. And wow. As, as Doug remembers, that that was, and I'll, I'll name names on this one. That was greenlit and in physical production. And most staff was going to play the guy. And most stuff just simply didn't show up. And we shut down. Holy crap. And we got a call from his mother, Umi, and said, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's reading the script now. He's on page seven. He has some thoughts. I'm like, we're in physical production. We've been negotiating his deal for six months. What do you mean he's on page seven? So he, so. Holy cow. Long story short, that was an adventure in itself. We had the the RZA was doing the movie from Wu-Tang. Jeffrey Wright was in it. Eve, it was, it'd be incredible. And we worked super hard on the script. So anyway. Wow. Then I did a favor for for them. This, This was New Line. Then they said, we're having trouble with this Hilary Duff movie. Uh, it was later called Raise Your Voice. Will you come in? I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's my thing. And they said, we have $10,000. I said, oh, well, now, now, now you got me. Thing. Now you got me. <laughs> it's my thing now. So <laughs> I did this little rewrite. And I thought, okay, well, one movie collapsed. This is like a silly movie. And then Mark Halpin was this executive there who I loved. And he said, Shazam. I said, I don't know anything about it. I'm not a comic book guy. I'm out of this. And he said, well, we really want it to be about this kid. Right. We really want it to be about this kid who finds his powers and does all this stuff. So he Billy Betts. Billy Betts. He gave so he gave me the um, William Goldman screenplay, and it was it was skewing too young. It did. I I'll let you read it. It just yeah. it just it, it it just didn't quite work. It was hard. It was like it was like watching Joe Lewis wrestle. You know what I mean? It just <laughs> it just wasn't it wasn't quite. There's just nothing going on. It, it just it just didn't work. And then so we had this meeting, and I never been to a meeting like this because it was a brand to protect. So there were all the people from the comic book company and people from. 
the producers, and there's like 30 people in this room. And I'll never forget it. This was really strange because Mark Kaufman said to me right before the meeting, he said, uh, you look great, man. You've been uh, you're on any kind of diet regimen? You're working out? And I said, uh, no, no, I'm just, uh, well, you know, I'm just feeling good. He goes, well, you might want to take the Weight Watchers tag off your, uh, off your, <laughs> off your sweatshirt before we go into the huge meeting on Shazam. And I looked at it. I was still wearing my Weight Watchers. My name is Brian Tan. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so that, I remember that today. So anyway, go into this meeting. And sexy as hell, as always. And there are 30, ver- <laughs> 30 versions of the movie that people want to do. Uh, we want it to be about black holes. He discovers a black wow. hole. And we want, you know, black. And I was sitting there going, this is not going to work. This is too many, yeah, too, many people. too many opinions. And Mark said, no, 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 this is, we're, we're going to do it. And I wrote this, you read that. We wrote this first draft and it was just like we started off and it was symbols. And it was not my thing, you know. I don't remember where we were. We were in Black Adam in Egypt or something. And yeah, you started with black. You started with the villain who was Black Adam, villain. and we did that later. But we it was a lot of stuff with scarabs, right? Scarabs, and but it was it was it was not. But I didn't even know because I was, because Mark was a comic book geek and the and the greatest guy. He said, "Trust me, I, I'm going to guide you through this," and I just kind of went with it. And the guy at Newland, uh, Toby Emmerich, at the time. He just said, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. It doesn't, doesn't make right. any sense to me. I want to love it. I don't love it. Um, so I said to Mark Hathman, I said, let me make it about this kid. Let me just, let me age him up a little bit. Let me make it a real underdog story. Mm-hmm. Let's make it about a kid who needs escape from his own life, finds his powers. Let's make it a real classic, more Spider-Man esque. And I really, and I really leaned on you. I mean, we really talked about it because Doug really knew about comic books yeah. and and so we set up we I mean I really felt like I leaned on him but we set up Black Adam more like the Terminator uh-huh. that he we sort of he was in this orb and he was banging to get out and he comes to earth and you know the two of them are on this on this uh, on this course and uh, we got a pretty good draft it came out good and we got this we got Peter Siegel attached to direct who's uh, he's like a comedy director I can't remember what his hit was he mm-hmm. had a big hit at the time Promise me you'll look after Tommy Boy here till he gets his feet wet. Sure, and thanks for choosing me. And we got um, The Rock attached to this draft. And he's still attached. Pick you some mail! What The Rock is cooking! And then I was fired. And John Logan came on. John Logan, John Logan or a different guy. A different John. Some huge screenwriter came in. So I said to him, what happened? He says, oh, God, the black holes are back. They want the black holes again. And it just, as you can and tell. And it never got made. Never got made. And um, Mark said, man, you're, you know, your draft had some emotional sense to it. You know, I don't know if it was the best superhero draft, but right. but we, it could have been a movie. And that's the problem with the movie business was this guy was going to come on and do a pass. And and here we are. Still but what they made. really wanted was Black Adam to be the villain, right? Hundred percent. And Doctor Savannah was also in it. That was, and it got too complicated. And yeah. the draft that that we worked on, we really simplified it. Like I haven't, I haven't read it in a while, but it was. But you know, it makes it me think a big mistake that they made there was one that they're not making comics is that they're inviting a lot of different writers from all different genres yeah. of writing. Yeah. And they're writing great stuff. They're taking over the industry and doing ring it stuff because they don't have the same, like, oh, this is what comics are. But the thing that always struck me about what, what you had to go through with Shazam is it really reminded me of working in advertising, which is what I what, do. It's, because brand, it's brand protection. It was, yep. it was brand protection, but it was yep. also people who, the clients, 
who are not very creative and don't have a vision, who really just want to cover their asses and make sure that they can say, well, we hired William Goldman, we hired the Absolutely. best, most famous screenwriter in the business to write a draft and it didn't come out well. We hired the cool New York playwright, Brian Galibuff, and we didn't want his. We hired the guys who did Shrek. Right. We didn't want. So they're basically like ticking off boxes and saying, "Not our fault. Right. That we that it that we haven't made it. Look at all the, you know, people we hired over the. But it's all about the character. I mean, to me, the thing sure. that I felt was like because I said I said, look, give me. A, they were at, they were completely out of money and and I said I'll do a draft for nothing. Let me just do it. Let me just do anything I want. Right. I'll let me just do one. And make it really about this kid. And, you know, he had a little sister and he had a lot of responsibility and there were good scenes. And, you know, it you might know, just hearing about it sounds great, but it might have been just too far away from what the comic was. Well, that's why I relied on you, because, we, no, they we had all the big comic beats. It was yeah. good. I mean, we got we got I did. But I always thought of that, I guess, because of the TV show in the yeah. 70s, the early 70s was so lame. In time of dire need, young Billy has been granted the power by the immortals to summon awesome forces at the utterance of a single word. Though I watched every episode because I was a young kid and I loved it, I always think of him as just so squeaky clean. I feel like in your draft, wasn't Black Adam like the mirror image of Shazam in some way weren't yeah, they like something, doppelganger something happened there I don't, I don't remember but it, right. uh, yeah because I always thought he the could, Rock he, could play both roles almost yeah I think I think that was where it was going to head so The Rock was going to be Captain Marvel so you he know, was going to be this duality okay. and this mirror image of himself that's right um, but I think the main thing was and, and when you're talking about what they're doing because I thought Spider-Man 2 the uh the one with Tobey Maguire was my favorite comic book movie ever. I loved it. Right. Um, and I thought, because there were like real emotions and real stakes and he had a real yeah. life apart from being a superhero. And that I'm was sure. really, that was really my philosophy of it. Was, yeah. was you want to feel like the movie could stand alone if he never became, right. if he didn't get the powers, he should be interesting enough that you'd be, you'd want to follow him if he never became yeah. a superhero. Right. And that to me is always the litmus test of, it does the definitely do you own the character before all that magic happens? That's in any movie. Yeah, of that course. has a big gimmick. Is do you do you hook do you get hooked on a character level? So I mean that's where I think anybody you could write a you don't have to be a comic book guy to write a comic book thing if you understand the situation. If right. they came back to you and said, Brian, <laughs> we, we work on Shazam again. Of course, hell yeah, <laughs> I would work on anything, man. I love it. I have to talk about another uh, thing that you worked on. Another fascinating story, I think, was when you worked uh, with Tim Burton a few years ago. Yep. Uh, wow! You tell us about that. I wrote two scripts for Tim Burton. He's I loved I loved Tim Burton. Wait, two scripts? I wrote I my rock and roll Tim. thing, Painkiller, for him too. Oh, I forgot um, that. Yeah, I did the man the man with the X three eyes with with Tim Burton. It was going to be a oh, remake of wow. the man remake with the X and, and it wow. was going to be cool. Ray Moland in his most challenging role since his Academy Award-winning Lost Weekend. X, the man with the X-ray eyes. Are you all right? It's like a splitting of the world. More light than I've ever seen. I liked the movie, and I really liked what he and I came up with. Um, and what, where, as Doug knows, what we got caught up in was 
the plan was he was going to do super, his Superman movie, and then he was going to do Man with the X-Ray Eyes. And I'm telling you, he was doing sketches. He was, I mean, I was He like, was in it. He was in it. Like it was, 1995? No, it was later than that. It was like 97. Okay. 97. What year was his Superman? Oh, I mean, right around that time. Right around that time. Okay. And he, uh, so he was going to do Superman, then he was going to do this, but looking at his sketches for the film, and I, I was like, this is going to be a game changer. I mean, right. it's really going to be amazing. And to talk to him about what he wanted from the character, which is the mystery of how things work. That was, you know, when you talk about an animating spirit of a movie, it's like, mm. you know, his thing was, you look at a wall, but inside that wall are termites. And, you know, that that this guy had the burden of seeing below the surface. Right. That he could look, he could be walking down the street and go, he has a tumor and he's got this oh and there's a God, gun yeah. in his pocket and there's a... And you just caught the 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 fervor of, of this artist. I mean, he was really like a beautiful dude, you know. Right. And uh, it's you know, I'm not I'm not telling tales out of school. I mean, he was really heartbroken about what happened with Superman, and he dropped out for a little bit. Mm. And they the underlying rights to to Man with the Extra Eyes came up, and they couldn't find him to renew them, and they lapsed, and the movie never got made. And that one that one was. I mean, I like the I like the harder they come, but that was a real heartbreak. Oh, I think it was such a good script. It was a good script, and would have been so phantasmagoric and, and beautiful. Yeah. I mean, there was one scene we had where um, he makes love with this girl for the first time since he has his vision, wow. and he watches her body explode, sort of from inside. When she, oh wow! When she, you know, right, when she seeing what's happening, and. Um, there was just he. We just got into it, and uh, and uh, I only have good stuff about him. He was loyal and cool, and well, he's a major he, artist. A major man. artist, and <laughs> and he, he was a cool dude. He is a cool dude. But I mean, when I when I met him, Brian Galibuff, thank you so much for my pleasure. For yeah, doing well, the podcast. Great. I loved it. It was easy. Ass man. It was easy. I mean, I, I there was very little comic book, and you're up to thirty one. Yeah, yeah. thirty one. Episode thirty one. Brandon Ruth is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll remember me. You lied to me. You said you were going to be a star. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Man. All right, Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks. It was great.